0: Uh, today's talk is called Angels in the Architecture. I want to read something from a book called Angels by John Woolmer, and the story is this. In the late 1960s, Ray and Pam Farden were leading a youth camp at Lee Abbey near Linton in North Devon. That's a Christian place, a retreat place, which is beautiful. We went there many years ago. Pam was enjoying the beauty of the coastline when suddenly her thoughts were disturbed by the loud noise of an engine. She looked up and saw a tractor out of control careering wildly down a steep field. The driver managed to steer it through a gate, but it was gaining speed all the time as it raced through a second field. By now, many of the guests at the house at the top of the hill and many in the youth camp were watching with horror. They started to pray for the tractor driver who was trying desperately to bring this machine under control. The tractor was racing towards a car park crowded with holidaymakers eating their picnics. Pam remembers praying, Lord, please change its direction. Moments later, it veered aside, missed the car park, and somersaulted over the cliff. Ray took a few men with him and raced down the cliff pathway, instructing everybody else to pray. Quickly, Ray found the tractor upside down on a car parked by a chalet on the beach, far below the original scene. The owner of the car, a widowed mother with a large family, had just left the car and wandered back to the chalet, wondering why she'd got out of the car. Her car was completely crushed, but no one was hurt. Ray and his friends searched for the tractor driver, but there was no sign of anyone. A little while later, the original tractor driver, who'd got out of the tractor, leaving the engine running, while he opened the gate, appeared on the scene. Pam and Ray and others were certain they'd seen somebody driving the tractor and steering so to avoid the car park. Pam, at that time, described the man in brown leaning right over the steering wheels with his hands almost crossed over. Pam, Ray and others who witnessed the scene are quite convinced that they saw an angel driving the tractor. Many other similar stories. It is simply to believe the second tractor was an angel. The alternative is that a number of people suffered hallucinations that by chance the tractor swerved to avoid ploughing into the car park. So why didn't the angel stop the engine and put the brake on? Angels, you see, are concerned with saving life and not property. If the angel had stopped the tractor, there would have been no story. If the Ethiopian eunuch, the story in the Bible, had directed his chariot to Samaria, he would naturally have met Philip. Again, there would have been no story. So God seems to allow these incidents to give us a glimpse of his sovereign power. The Bible often refers to angels and their characteristics. They can come, can't they, in very large numbers. They have very great speed. They can be very, very strong. Angels have wisdom. Angels in the Bible are referred to as masculine although they do not have sexual distinction, nor do they marry. Angels are largely good, but fallen angels are evil, and they're called demons. The angelic host is certainly a lot of angels. Luke 2, verse 13 and 14 says this. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. At Christ's temptation, Matthew 4.11 says this, And then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. Hence, our helpers are the ministering angels. From scripture, it is clear that angels are created beings. They have many roles, including God's messengers, being God's warrior angels. They have a function to watch history unfold, to praise and worship God and guardian angels, to protect and direct God's people. These activities are not in angel boxes. They interact and overlap. God's messenger angels, for example, to tell of Jesus' coming and his resurrection, to tell Mary of Jesus' baby to come, the angels with the shepherds. Angels help people to know Jesus. In Paul, the distress on a boat on the Mediterranean, An angel comes of comfort and reassurance. The messengers are not responsible for the message. They are to deliver it. It's often good news, but also warnings, warnings of judgment to come and direction. Two handsome angels came to Lot and his family, and they warned of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and helped them to escape. But there's also advice, wasn't there? Don't look back. Lot's wife didn't do that and turned into a sack salt pillar, didn't she? An angel comes with the judgment upon King Herod and in Revelation we see many, many times God's angels carrying out God's judgment. But angels aren't just messengers. God's warrior angels are worth looking at, powerful and mighty, like the archangel Michael. The Bible talks of angels like an army, like they're ready for battle with swords. Angels fight the evil spiritual forces, some of which appear to control geographical areas, over towns, over villages, over churches. The Bible says that the prince of the Persian kingdom attempted to stop an angel of God to visit Daniel for three weeks Can you see what a mighty battle was involved there? The enemy had that ability to delay. Then, of course, the archangel Michael comes in in that Bible story to aid the fight. And a good angel, the Prince of Greece, comes to watch over Daniel. Does the spiritual battle continue today? Clearly, from what we see and hear, what we read in the paper... Is the enemy's attempts to tear down God's standards in this country, in this community? Paul wisely advising in James, the book of James, for us to put on spiritual armor, the armor of God to protect us in that battle. As you put on that armor, it isn't just figuratively armor, in the sense of the Roman armor. It's putting on each part of Jesus. Now, angels also watch and react to history unfolding. Angels saw creation, didn't they? And we're told that they have a party of celebration when somebody, anybody, becomes a follower of Christ by accepting Jesus into their life to receive his forgiveness and his promise is never to leave them. They watch, but they don't know what's going to happen unless they are carrying out their messenger function. How can we think of angels today without them, their function of praising and worshipping God? The Bible refers to a hundred million angels in heaven praising God. A great company of heavenly hosts. One hundred million angels. The guardian angels. Not, no, they're not angels who read the guardian. But they're guards, protectors and comforters. Daniel plus an angel equals a lion tamer. Angels are jailbreakers. In more than one Bible account, the personal guardian angels seem in Scripture to mainly, mainly relate to children. The angels in the Garden of Gethsemane could have protected Jesus, couldn't they? Lifted a finger and stopped the arrest. And they could have easily guarded and rescued Jesus at that point. But they were told not to. Some angels are believed to help Christians to heaven. And I know of testimonies to this. And I've seen that personally. When Jenny's father passed away, I saw, we heard the angels come. It was like the rustling of wings. And as the soul departed in Hastings Hospice, I know personally they are there and may that be a comfort to those who've had recent losses or even losses some time ago the angels are there to guide believers to paradise like the first story i read it gives testimony to the miraculous miraculous interventions in situations and some people some people seem to have the gift of ministering and seeing angels presence Actually, I've I've had the privilege of working with one or two people like that. I I don't see that myself, except on that one occasion. But certainly, no, people do do that. I had one ministry occasion where somebody moved away from me. And I said, what did you do that afterwards? He said, well, didn't you see the warrior angel come? No, I didn't. But I know her from her integrity and from her, you know, to such a, a, a godly woman that she knew the angel had come at a time of intense ministry to release and heal somebody. Do not be misled by the hijacked angels of the new age with non-biblical angel books, charms, and similar things. There's an area where there's been a takeover, and you'll see it, and it is not the angels of the Bible. They are to distract us from biblical truth, and they are counterfeit. Equally as Christians, we need wisdom in encountering this area, as angels of light do exist to deceive us. We need to test such matters by the use of Scripture, the gifts of the Spirit, and to keep our eyes on Christ, to be Christ-centered. We are not to worship the angels. They are not Jesus or the Father. They are wholly created beings with the purpose to guide, assist, bless, comfort, and centrally to praise and worship God. And that is for us too. Many angels help us, and may we honor their work and not dismiss them as if they are some stained glass window, a fairy tale, or angels in the architecture. We need to place them in their right biblical place and learn how to work with them to God's glory. Revelation 22 verse 1 says this, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Verse 6 says this. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. The verse says, doesn't it, as clear as crystal. I hope this short talk makes the truth about angels crystal clear. Amen. Let us pray.